I'm Karen. And I'm Michelle. We're sisters. And homeschool moms. Welcome to the Layers of Learning podcast. Where we talk about family style homeschooling. Hi, welcome to the podcast today. I am Karen. And I'm Michelle. And today we're going to talk to you about teaching your kids skills instead of just content knowledge. So we've noticed a lot of people get worried that their kids are behind or should I do this unit slowly? Do I need to go in depth or is it okay to speed through it? You know, people, people worry about how deep they need to go, how much information their kids need to learn. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Our simple answer to you about how long do you need to spend on a unit is it doesn't matter. It's really up to you. If your kids are really into a unit, you should spend more time on it. But if it's not something you're that interested in, it's okay to skim through it real quick. So I remember a breakthrough moment when I had been homeschooling for probably five years or so. I went and listened to a speaker at a homeschooling conference. And she was talking about how she took this year out of her history studies and they spent the entire time for the whole year learning about ancient Greece. And she talked about how in-depth they went into this study of ancient Greece and how amazing it was to study it a different way. Because instead of always going to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and checking off all the boxes, they truly dove deep into the topics and really found out things that they had never even considered exploring before. So you could spend a month or even two months just on Greek mythology easily. Yeah, there's so much that we know about the ancient Greeks, and it was fascinating to her family, and it was really interesting to listen to her talk about it. And for the first time, I thought, oh, I don't have to go through everything really quickly and make sure that I'm checking off all the boxes. I could go slow. I could really dive as deeply as I want to into any subject. In fact, when we wrote Layers of Learning, part of what we were thinking is this is an outline in a sense, of everything, all the major subjects, all the major topics that you would want to cover in those four subjects, in history, geography, science, and art. And we kind of lay out all the topics and give you hands-on stuff and give you books, and it's just this big glorified outline of learning. But then we hoped that people would just then take what they want, use the bits they want, adjust it to their own desires, you know, spend as much time as you want on things. And you can skip things if you want, you can skim through things, or you can dive in really deep to certain topics. And you should always make your curriculum fit you. Don't try to fit into your curriculum. I think it's really important when you start to realize that there's not an exact checklist of everything that you need to learn before you graduate from high school. That doesn't exist anywhere. There, there are no standards in any country that I know of where they have a checklist. You must know that the ancient Greeks did this kind of theater. That that's, doesn't exist. No, and a lot of people think that that's what Common Core is in the United States, and it's not. Common Core does not tell you what content knowledge you should have. It tells you what skills you should have. And so if you're concerned about that, you could look at the Common Core skills. We don't believe that you need to. The skills that they present in any of those standards, and I've looked at the ones for foreign countries too, and they're the same. The skills that they're asking kids to have are the basic skills that you get as you read and research and write. Just the normal things you would be doing anyway. Right. Through pretty much any curriculum that you would use is going to 
have the common core skills are going to dovetail into it. They're going to be part of it naturally. Right. These are learning skills. It's things like learning to use the index of a book. Hopefully, as you're doing your research, no matter what you're learning about, whether it's ancient Greece or any of the other ancient peoples or anything, you're going to be using books and you're going to learn how to use the index because you'll be looking things up. You're researching. You're learning about things by doing the skills that they're asking you to learn how to use. Right. So... So they might ask you to compare two texts, like compare and contrast different texts. That might be a common core requirement. But if you're reading about some artist from art history, you probably will read more than one book on that artist. Well, you just compared two texts and you're going to discuss it and you're going to see, well, this book talked about this and this book talked about this. And you'll be able to do that naturally as part of your learning experience. Exactly. So I'm going to read you one of the standards from the... United States Common Core Standards. This says, determine the central ideas or information of a primary or secondary source. Provide an accurate summary of how key events or ideas develop over the course of the text. So really what that means is read a book and then give a summary of what the book talked about. And Layers of Learning asks you to do things like narrations a lot, or we do illustrated fact sheets. And those, all of those kinds of writing assignments end up being that skill. So it doesn't matter who you're learning about or what you're learning about. You can do that skill anywhere. And most of the common core standards and any educational standards that you're going to come across are things that you naturally do as you learn. So if you're using layers of learning in an exploration style, like it's written, you're going to naturally cover all of that. So you could spend an entire month or year on one unit if you wanted to, and you are going to get those skills. Or you could spend two weeks on a unit and then go on to the next unit. Or maybe you go, oh, we're not really into that unit and skip over. It doesn't matter. Whatever you're learning about, you're going to be developing these skills. So relax about how long you're spending. Don't stress over that. It doesn't matter. If your child has never heard of the ancient Babylonians and they graduate high school, the sky isn't gonna fall. It's fine, it doesn't matter. I like my kids personally to have a nice broad language and to have lots of information and just have lots of facts in their heads. And so we read lots of books and we watch videos and we discuss things over a broad range of stuff. But if we miss something, it doesn't matter. It's okay. Really, it's the process of learning that you're going for. So as long as you are diving deep into learning, taking those rabbit trails, looking at the additional layers and constantly exploring with your kids, they're naturally going to develop these skills that they need to succeed in life and in college. For sure, you're going to want to focus on reading, writing, and then I would add math. Those are the things that daily you need to be working on. And then the other things that are just content knowledge, you're working on skills as you learn the content, but you don't need to worry about what exact content you're learning. And you also don't need to make a list of skills and make sure you cover them all. It's all going to happen naturally as you do the curriculum. As you work with through layers of learning, you will naturally hit on the skills that your child needs to succeed in a career or in college or other areas of their lives. Yeah, one of the jobs that I had oh, a number of years ago, I don't know, probably seven or eight years ago, I was helping a school to align their curricula with the common core standards. And so basically my job was to go through all of these textbooks and things that the school had chosen to use. And I had to show how each textbook met all of the common core requirements. 
and it was tedious because we had to make these Excel spreadsheets that showed how that was done. I didn't see a single curricula that didn't meet all of the Common Core standards and more. So people always ask, is this Common Core aligned and all of that? All of them meet the Common Core standards. They're not all aligned. Aligned means somebody took the time to make that spreadsheet. So we haven't done that for layers of learning, partly because it's tedious, it takes a long time, and partly because the standards change from time to time and they change from country to country. And we feel like if you're using this style of learning, you're doing far more than what the standards demand. You don't need to worry about it. You're going way beyond. It's not something you need to worry about. There is really no end to knowledge. I mean, you can learn all the skills and you can get them mastered and you can finish that more or less, right? You can, you can learn how to compare two documents together and you can complete that, but you can't ever complete learning about ancient Greece, which is the example we used before, or you can't, you can never learn, you can never complete learning about biology. There's so much, and there's so much we don't even know yet about any academic subject that you might encounter. You can't finish them. Even if you're an expert at it for life, you'll never learn all the facts. The experts continue to learn constantly throughout their lives about their expertise. So yeah, there is no end to content knowledge. And where would you put the line? At at what point exactly is it that a child knows enough facts? I mean, that line doesn't exist. So it's okay if you learn a little or you learn a whole lot. And if it's varied in different areas, if you're way more into learning about U.S. history, that's fine if you just skim through ancient history you know, once. So learning the content is actually a tool for you to develop the skills that go along with learning. Now, I love watching uh, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, the game show, because Michelle, it cracks me up. I hear these questions constantly from homeschool moms that are saying, how do I know if my kid knows enough? What do they need to learn from each unit? What's the exact facts that they need? And then I watch, are you smarter than a fifth grader? And I go, oh, look, none of the adults know the facts. So, yeah, the the game show, basically they ask questions that you are supposedly supposed to have learned this information by the end of fifth grade. And so do the adults know these all the answers? And the answer is no, because either they never learned it or they've forgotten it. It was too long ago. Yeah, they, they don't remember the three body parts that an insect has. They don't know these basic things that they learned in elementary school. I'm sure they did. But they haven't used it in 20 years. Right. How often do you need to walk around naming the thorax, the abdomen, and the head? But that doesn't mean that it's useless. Right. For one thing, it gives kids an opportunity to find out a broad spectrum of topics so they can discover what they're really interested in, what they want to spend their life learning about and doing. And it also teaches them how to learn about things. So it's super valuable to learn all of these fun facts and these interesting things But it's not that the content itself matters at all. It's just the process of learning that matters. So yeah, as adults, we don't remember a lot of that. And that's okay. We just need to learn how to learn. So Karen, what would you say are some of those skills that, if you had to narrow it down to really specific skills that you want your kids to know how to do by the time they graduate from your homeschool, what would some of those be? Well, I definitely want them to develop basic study skills. A big part of that in 
My book is I want them to be able to have the endurance to continue studying. I don't know. Do you know what I mean, Michelle, by endurance? Yeah, that they will take the time to actually write down the notes. They will know how to study and and um, make it through the book. They won't just fizzle out in the middle of a of a course and drop it and stop going to class. Yeah, so when they're five years old, you have to teach in short little spurts because they don't have endurance yet. But as kids grow up and mature, they have a greater endurance for listening. They have a greater endurance for reading. They have a greater endurance for writing. All of these things have to build up little by little. You can't jump in that regard. Like if you took a five-year-old and you thought, ooh, I'm going to work really, really hard at this so that next month they can sit for three hours and read their book. Yeah. Yeah. They're not developmentally ready for that. It won't work. It's something that you have to continually work at over many, many years of learning about all kinds of things. But also, if you take a 16-year-old who has never learned to sit and write or sit and read or sit and work out a whole page of math problems. Or even sit and listen. They won't be able to do it either. you, You have to work at it incrementally. So if you are working with an older child who hasn't yet learned that for whatever reason, learning disabilities, or maybe they were in a different school and now they're homeschooling with you, whatever the case is, you can start now and teach them. And because they're older, they can learn it faster than the five-year-old could. Yeah, they're more developmentally ready than a younger child, but it's something that's a continual process. Endurance just has to be built up and it's endurance in all of those things. And so it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to teach. But it really doesn't matter what content they're learning as long as you're continually helping them grow in that respect. So endurance is definitely a big one for me. What study skills do you feel like you teach your kids? I think that teaching them how to read, and by that I don't mean how to sound out the letters or know the phonics or be able to read a word. I mean how to read a book critically and with understanding. Beyond just the learning your ABCs, I'm talking about reading a book, being able to know how biased is this author. I want them to be able to interpret and compare it to other things they've read or their own life experiences. I want them to know how to read in that broader sense. I think that that's a huge, huge life skill. If you're reading a newspaper article, you need to be able to evaluate it critically because there's no such thing as an unbiased newspaper article. And so you've got to know what is the what is the take on this and how do I compare this to other things that I've read or seen or experienced? And I think along that same vein, I have my kids evaluate and discuss books and the things that they read out loud with me. And then I also ask them to do it in writing sometimes. So we need to be able to do both of those, both orally and in a written form. They need to be able to analyze and evaluate the things that they're learning about. And that looks really different for a first grader, they still get to do that. You're reading two picture books and saying, ooh, which one did you like better? Yeah. Why? Which one do you like the art in better? Or who's your favorite character? They are analyzing things even when they're little. As they grow up, those skills grow as they get more in depth with what they're reading and what they're learning about. Another thing that I want my kids to know how to do is to research. And In my adult life, that research takes a lot of different forms. I might be trying to figure out which blender I want to buy. And so I research different products and I look things up. I want my kids to understand 
How do you research? How do you judge whether something is good or bad? How do you read reviews appropriately? You know, other people's opinions on it. it research can also take the form of actually going and reading a thicker, heavier book about a topic like maybe I want to know about the atmosphere or maybe I want to learn more about global warming or whatever it is. Um, being able to find the books, being able to find websites and being able to analyze how reliable are these? What is the point of view? What is the bias in this book? How is this author approaching the subject? And then understanding that reading one book, if it's really important, is not enough. You need to read several sources. And all of those kinds of things translate into real life skills and obviously also college skills. Another thing that I like my kids to be able to do is memorize things. This isn't so much because it matters what we memorize. Sometimes we memorize poems. Sometimes we memorize songs. Sometimes we memorize lists of things like the planets. It doesn't matter what it is we're memorizing as much as we're memorizing something. Yeah, it works your muscle. Yeah, it's just practice recalling and being able to come up with information quickly and readily. Your brain gets better and better at it. So we do a lot of memory work, not because I'm concerned about the content that we're memorizing. Right. It doesn't matter which poem you pick. Right. There's not a poem that you must memorize during fifth grade or anything like that. We're just exercising our brains. That's it. I end up having my kids all memorize the same thing at the same time. I don't do it in a graded kind of way because of that, because it doesn't matter when you're learning it or exactly which passage or which which thing you're memorizing. It's just the act of memorizing that's important. Well, and Michelle, don't you think that applies to the content knowledge too? People always ask us what they should know from a unit. That's kind of the same as memorizing. It doesn't really matter which people or events you focus on. It's just the fact that you're focusing on things so that you're learning to recall and evaluate and understand. Those are the things that matter. Yeah, the, last night, my second oldest son gave me the entire history of the Bucket War, which happened in Italy during the Middle Ages, and it was pretty involved. Go look it up. <laughs> this, these two towns basically fought over a bucket, and it wasn't just like, hey, we want our bucket. No, they killed each other over the bucket, okay? <laughs> it was intense. But I had never heard of the Bucket War. Does that matter? No, it doesn't matter. But he found out all about it because he was interested in it. It's a little bit of minutia, you know? It doesn't matter whether he learned it or not or whether I learned it or not, and that's kind of how all knowledge is. It seems like well, we call them pet topics. Schools have pet topics. Teachers, education, the whole system has pet topics. Ancient Egypt. Yeah. And and those topics get delved into a lot. There's lots of kids' picture books written about them. There's lots of videos on YouTube about them. It's easy to find worksheets on them, all of that. But why Egypt? I mean, partly because the Victorians had a fascination with Egypt, honestly. Well, and the Egyptians were very good at keeping records. But it, instead, it, the pet topic could have been China. I mean, we learn about China, but it's not a pet topic in schools. We don't have a million resources for it the way we do about ancient Egypt. Another thing that I like my kids to learn as far as study skills are I like them to learn the different places that they can research. I like them to be very familiar with our library so that they know how to look up books. I like them to know how to look up websites and to be able to tell which websites are reputable. I really like it when they can understand the difference between just a website and like a scholarly journal. And you can find those online just like a website, but it's a different caliber of 
information that you get when you're going to a scholarly journal. So as my kids hit junior high-ish age, I start to make them do a lot of the research instead of me just handing them a book. You know, along those same lines, I like it when my kids realize I can figure out how to do this on my own. Like maybe they need to get a driver's license. And I'm like, well, go figure out what you have to do to get a driver's license in our state. You know, go find out the laws and regulations and the different requirements and how much it's going to cost. And it's important for them to be able to figure things out in life. You know, if you don't know how insurance works, it's your job as an adult to go figure that out. So when they're kids, they should be learning how to figure things out on their own too. So when your kids are learning about whatever they're interested in, it's really important that you don't just do all of the legwork for them. When they're little, you're mostly going to be presenting. But as they grow up and mature in their school careers, you're going to task them with finding out. They're going to do more and more of the exploring. And they're going to do more and more of the presenting. Presenting is actually another skill that I like my kids to have. I like them to be comfortable speaking in front of people. So we do a lot of things where I ask them to present something, even if it's the project that they just worked on or tell us about the book that you just finished. I expect them to be able to stand up and speak in front of people and not be so nervous that they can't do it. I also like my kids to learn to be a good audience. And that's the other half of the presenting. Because someone is up there presenting, they've completed a project, and what happens with the audience? The audience applauds. The audience says good job. The audience gives positive feedback. The audience does not say, oh, that was terrible. I didn't like that. Or make fun of them or you know, any of the things that sometimes siblings will want to do. You have to train them to have a positive environment for presenting and to be a good audience. Yeah, I train my kids to ask questions too. If you're really listening, then you'll probably have something that you wonder about. So whether I'm presenting something or whether the YouTube video presents something or whether one of their siblings does, I expect them to be ready with questions that they have. What do you want to know more about? And then if they don't know the question, you don't know the answer to the question, you can look it up either together or or individually. Yeah, and partly that depends on their ages too. Yeah. But pretty often I say, I don't know. Go find out and you teach us about it. It's really good for them to start to take ownership of what they're learning and to learn how to find information. You know, I had a really interesting experience as I've watched my two oldest kids go into college. Both of them started college at age 16 while they were still living in our homes. And so I took those kind of two final years of they would have been in high school, but they started at our community college to kind of monitor and oversee their work. A part of me was a little bit nervous because they were homeschooled their whole lives. And you go, are you going to be okay? Did I teach you enough? And you kind of worry about that. And so they went to school, but then I'd say, hey, did you get your homework done? What What are you working on now? And I just kind of check up on them and everything. And so for the most part, my kids did extremely well. But they were really funny because the things that they loved, they would often sign up for and take classes at the community college. But they were like, it's different, mom. They taught me different things than what you taught me. Well, what do you mean? They taught you different things. You know, what are you talking about? My daughter who took biology was going, wow, we spent the entire semester just learning about cells. But when we did biology at home, she went over the whole gamut of subjects that we had covered. You know, we did animals and we did nutrition and we did all of these things. And we just did cells in my bio 101 class. And I was explaining to her, well, 
biology covers so many topics, you know, you could never even cover it in a semester. So your professor chose to focus on that. She even had the textbook and it covered way more than what she covered in her college class. But her professor chose what to cover. It doesn't matter what you teach. What you're going to go on and do in college classes or in other forums is going to be different because like we said before, there is no end to knowledge. You can't possibly teach your kids everything that they're going to need to know and they're supposed to keep learning more. So I guess the number one skill that I would want to teach my kids, Michelle, is I want them to be lifelong learners. So you just want to have an enthusiasm in your homeschool for learning and for all of the things that you're learning about. I guess my kids' experience in college also reminded me of probably the best study skill that I taught them, and that was to be organized, to learn to plan and schedule and manage your time, and all of those things that they need to do, not only in college, but in life. I really wanted my kids to learn those skills, and that's not going to be found in a specific curriculum. That's it's also just, not in the standards anywhere. Yeah, it's just found in your homeschool. It's found in your family. So you can really easily incorporate all of the skills that you want them to learn, no matter what content you're learning about. Michelle, what are your kids' favorite topics to learn about, favorite school s- subjects? Well, I mean, they're all different. Harrison loves art. We don't do enough art. He's always complaining about that. Mom, we need more art. I'm like, okay, okay, we'll do a painting next week. <laughs> but, and then Tim, probably his favorite is history, although he really loves science too, but he's really into history. And then, you know, they're, they're, they all are different, but they really like the layers of learning subjects, all of them. I think that it's, it's all feels fun to them. None of it feels like a ton of work because of the way we approach it with the layers of learning hands-on kind of. And they learn all the skills through it. And I don't worry about them not knowing certain facts or I just, I think I used to worry about that. I used to think that there was a list of facts somewhere in a vault that someone had. And if your kid didn't learn that by a college, they were going to die. I don't know, (laughs) but I thought it was really important. It felt very, very important. Then it took me a long time to realize, you know what? That doesn't exist. That doesn't matter. Nobody has a master list. It doesn't matter which which books you read or which civilizations you study, which artists you cover. And don't you find, though, that your kids, just by learning this way, in this style, get a really general familiarity for a vast number of topics? My kids have a picture of the globe in their head. I feel like my kids have actually learned far more than is typical because we have relaxed and enjoyed it and we just read so much and we watch so much and... We don't do a lot of tests. Just the whole the whole method that we do, they've loved learning, and so we just keep learning and learning and learning. I think besides reading and watching and writing about things, the number one thing that makes this happen for our family is that we talk. We talk yeah. about things all the time. True. We're just always talking about what we're learning and what we're curious about and bouncing ideas off of each other. And like when we talked about how the standards will say, compare these two things. I don't have to read the standard. We just talk. Yeah, that's how we approach a lot of it, too. We have talks about politics. We talk about history. Like like I told you, my son brought up the bucket word to me. I mean, he's just always like, hey, mom, guess about the, Guess what about this that I learned? And, and then I have other kids that will say, mom, have you read this book yet? And then we talk about it. You know, that's that's what we do all the time. 
Yeah, so you can be really, really relaxed in your homeschool. You can learn about any topic under the sun. It doesn't matter what you're learning about as long as you're constantly learning. If you're really exploring the world in the way that we hope you are when you're using layers of learning, all of these things just happen naturally. And just look at layers of learning as an outline. You can diverge. You can expand or contract, and then it's there when you're ready to come back and it's waiting for you to pick up where you left off or to skip ahead at any point. It's just sitting there waiting for you. It's your tool. You should be using it to fit your homeschool and your needs, not the other way around. Okay, so here's a paraphrasing of a question, Karen, that we get from a lot of people. And this is the question. Should I try to get through all of the layers of learning units or should I slow it down and learn in more depth? I think what we're saying when we say skills, not content, is that that really doesn't matter at all. I think it matters as far as you want to follow the lead of your kid's excitement. Now, sometimes I just have to require things of my kids. But for the most part, if they're really into something, I am not going to stop and move on to another unit. If we're still learning about it and we're still engaged, let's keep going because we're still engaged. If we're kind of feeling like we have exhausted the topic, then we've exhausted the topic and let's move on. You know, honestly, there are some units that I spend one day on history. We spend like one hour and that is it. And then we've moved on and that's okay. But interestingly, the next time you go through it, you might spend a lot longer on exactly. it. It just depends. We, in fact, sometimes because we only spent a short time on it, the next time we come to it, we're ready for a lot more. Yeah, so it's not really important how long you spend on it as long as you are continually learning and engaged. It's really, really hard to let go of that and to let your schedule be your schedule instead of the curriculum schedule, but we're giving you permission. <laughs> you can do well, it. Well, I think it's also hard, don't you think, Michelle, when people have made a plan for the year that they kind of go, but wait, I was going to spend a month on each unit or I was going to spend two weeks on each unit and it becomes hard for them to be flexible in it. But the flexibility, I think, is really key. Just like your kids are learning these skills, you as a homeschool parent are learning the skills like flexibility and adapting to your kids' learning styles. And, you know, that's a skill that you're working on as an adult. Well, Karen, you've talked before about how you use a planner for homeschool, but you use an undated planner. You don't write the date in it until the day you're doing it. Yeah, <laughs> because be that way... Because it was killing me. I couldn't be flexible. Once it was yeah. in my list... I felt like I had to go with it. And that was my solution. It was if I don't date things, then I don't have to stick with the dates. And it helped me to be more flexible. Because I am a very kind of type A type person. I like to have my plan. And so I get that it's hard for people. But it is so good when you can let go of that. It makes it easier. It removes this whole level of stress. And when you realize that it's okay if you never finish that last unit of the year. Did you ever finish any textbook in school ever? Never. Never. <laughs> Never. I think it's okay. And if you're worried about it, you can always tack that unit onto, put at the beginning of next year. You know, keep going from where you're at. You don't have to separate things, you know, into year by year. We must finish this whole thing this year. Sometimes I regret that we named them years when we created this layers of learning curriculum because people are it, so worried yeah, about that. It makes people feel like they have to finish it within that year time frame and Yeah, so it's really a lot less important than you think. Okay, the second part of the question that I hear people ask is what if I don't get clear through 
the whole four-year cycle three times before my kids graduate. Again, no big deal. So the, so the four-year cycle, layers of learning is organized into four years. And the idea is that you can get through all four years three times. That's 12 years of schooling for your kids. But what if you don't get all the way through? And Karen says, no big deal. Why no big deal. Why a big deal? Well, we were public schoolers growing up. We were not homeschooled. And I'm just going to give you one example of this. But first of all, when Michelle and I, if we compared our transcripts, you would see that she and I actually took different classes in high school. There are some classes that she took that I didn't take at all. Did you take anatomy and physiology? Nope, never did. That was a good class. I took yeah. that one. We both took chemistry. Yeah. You know, we both took certain things, but there were a lot of things that we branched off on. I took forestry. I don't think you ever took that no, in high it, school. No, I didn't. So we took different classes. Did you take British literature? I did. Oh, yeah. we both took we that. We both took that. We're into that. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't take all of the same English classes. We didn't take all of the same history classes. We actually had a high school where we got to choose from a variety of things that were offered. And it doesn't matter that she and I took slightly different things in high school. In fact, when I was a junior, my family moved to a new high school and they looked over my transcript and they said, oh, well, you've met all of our requirements. Do you just want to graduate? And I graduated a year early from high school and I went That's to college. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't matter what matters is that you've continually learned science topics, history topics. You know, you've learned the things, not that the content matters, but you've gained the skills. And so you get to move on. The only thing that does matter, especially in the high school years, is that every state in the United States, and I'm assuming probably this is true in other countries, you have certain graduation requirements that you need to meet. So, for example, in the United States, there's usually a U.S. history course that you must take during high school. So you want to make sure that you're covering that during the high school years. That's what matters. But, I mean, if you want to adjust that within layers of learning, it's it doesn't matter. Even within a U.S. history course, though, there's not a bulleted list of exactly what events and people you need to learn. Right. So you do need to pay attention to the the standards in that way where you're meeting the graduation requirements. I look at it with my kids when they're in high school and I say, okay, let's talk about what colleges you might want to go to. And we sit down and look at the exact university's requirements and look at what they're looking for. Right. Because for example, usually high schools do not require foreign language to graduate, but most universities want to see foreign language, a couple of years of foreign language. Exactly. For admins. So my kids did take foreign language because they were going to universities that required two years of foreign language. So it it's really important that you look at what they want to do in the future, especially once they hit high school. Before that, I would say it really doesn't just matter. continually yeah, learn. Just... Once they hit high school, talk about their goals, talk about where they want to go, where they want to be. You know, I have one daughter who wants to go into dentistry. So when she was taking science classes, I had her memorizing the teeth and learning about all kinds of things that dealt with dentistry. And she even went in and shadowed a dentist and everything. I haven't had any of my other kids do that because they express no interest in dentistry. So it's really good if you can just tailor it to what they're into because they're naturally going to develop the skills that they need 
when they're really interested in something. And that's why it doesn't matter if you get all the way through the four-year cycle all three times. It None of that really matters. It's an organizational tool to help it be easy for you as a homeschool parent. Right. It's part of that outline. It's, it's just to help you have this big outline of learning and keep things under control. But it should be a tool for you, not a boundary that is put on you or a set of requirements that you have to meet. Right. And there are lots of layers of learning families who, for example, spend two years to get through one year of layers of learning. That's totally That's fine. fine. It works. It, you don't need to worry about making adjustments to that because you're focusing on the skills that your kids are learning. And the content knowledge is just the tool to help them develop those skills. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating wherever you listen. Ratings and comments help people find happy family style homeschooling. Visit us at layersoflearning.com, at Instagram, and on our Facebook group. And make sure to tune in next month for the next podcast. In the meantime, we wish you happiness in your homeschool. Have fun learning! learning.